it's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the home match against Ulster. My name's Alan Deegan. I've got William Davis with me. William, we have a chance of having a hat-trick of hat-tricks against Ulster. If we win this game, it'll be the third in a row against them. If we win this game, it'll be the third time we've beaten them in a row in the sports ground. And if we win this game with a bonus point, it'll be the third time we'll have beaten them in the sports ground with a bonus point. What do you reckon? Uh, I'll just take a win, Alan, and get four points. Uh, I think it's a big, big ask for Connacht tonight. I think they have to put last week behind them. And they've talked a very good game about how they're going to do that. But you never know until you go out there and you start playing again. Because a game like Saturday night can stay in your head. And it can, it can make you do things slightly differently because you lose the uh, confidence. But... Ulster are coming here. They've won a few games in a row. They had a, they were a poor side when we beat them in Belfast. I think they're a better side now. Cracking game. This place is jammed, and it's going to be a really good atmosphere. It's a good night for rugby. Pitches maybe a little bit greasy, but really looking forward to it. It should be a good one. We'll talk again on 20 minutes. Okay, William. Just on 20 minutes, Connacht lead 12-0 with a conversion to come. It's been all Connacht. Yeah, it certainly has. They've absolutely dominated, Alan. Uh, Ulster are uh, making a lot of little mistakes and Connacht are punishing them. They look really up for this game. Two good close-in tries. We're getting quiet here for the conversion. I don't think Jack Cardi's going to have a problem with this. It's, uh, he should nail this very simply. In your own time, Jack. Well, the crowd tells you, 14-0, and uh, so far, so good. Ulster don't seem to have any real plan at the moment. Cooney's been busy, but uh, Ulster definitely second best. They certainly are. Try some Shane Delahunt and Bundyaki. It's halfway to a bonus point, and we're only halfway through the first half. We'll talk again at halftime. Halftime, 14-7. It's been a half of two halves, William. Yeah, Ulster have dominated the last 20 minutes. They've got a bit of change. Uh, Godwin has been struggling a bit on his wing. They've, they've attacked that a couple of times. A couple of tough minutes for Keen Kelleher. Dropped the ball and then rather made a mess of a ball in his in-goal area, which he should have defused. Ulster have definitely come into it a little bit. I thought Connacht looked a little bit tired there. So I think the bench is going to be absolutely key in this game. It's very, very physical. It's hard, hard work. But they're still in the lead. And um, they're going to have to just tighten it up a little bit. They will. This, this wet air isn't helping, is it? <laughs> no, it might, uh, might, might be rain. It's blowing in and out. But it has made handling a little bit more difficult. But Connacht are still doing okay. But I'm just I'm really... They will have to up the pace a little bit. They, they just stepped off the gas slightly there and Ulster were quick to seize the chance. They were indeed. We'll talk again on 60 minutes. 62 minutes. Connacht lead 21-7 with a try from Caelan Blade, but it's been all Ulster. So they've, they've emptied their bench basically at this stage and they're now dominating again. Yeah, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think we look quite tired and I think we're, we're really going to have to, to get the bench moving. Connacht got a nice try maybe slightly against the run of play, but since then they've been on the back foot. Ulster are pretty blunt in attack, but they are very physical. They certainly are. And Stephen, Stephen Fitzgerald getting his debut as Kyle Godwin comes off. We'll talk again, maybe on 70 minutes, if this game gets any tighter, but definitely at full time. Final score, William. 21 points. 
to Connacht, 12 to Ulster. What a finish. Mad, mad second half. Yeah, very intense second half. Uh, Connacht will be pleased to get out of there with their four points. Got a little bit shaky a couple of times. They always just probably had a little bit too much of a lead. Um, but they certainly don't close out a game in the style sometimes that you'd expect them to. They might be a bit frustrated that they didn't get the bonus point. Certainly had enough possession in the fourth quarter of that game. Because Ulster started to make a few errors and, and Connacht got on top of them. But they didn't quite get the job done in that front. But it's a win. They've got six points out of ten. And Munster to come next week. And that's what they'll be concentrating on, I'd say, very quickly after this game. They certainly will. Let's hear some post-match audio. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Andy Friend, a fantastic result first and foremost. Six points now from two into pros as well. That's what people are going to focus on, but it was a crucial must-win game. Yeah, it was. It was really important. We bounced back from last weekend. Yeah, a bit of disappointment in that Leinster game, but we didn't focus on the disappointment. We knew we were gutted with that, but we focused more on the positives that came out of that game. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the win, but a lot of good things in that Leinster game and to come back and uh, and to get that win tonight as you said it's really really important yeah so would would relief be kind of the first feeling or what's your what's your perspective I suppose there's an element of relief mm. uh, at the same time I think we you know, we probably had a, a belief that we were going to go and win yeah. that and an expectation that we wanted to win that so to get the win yeah there's always a, a relief a relief uh, or a sense of relief post the game but um, it's more so, yeah, job done and now focus on Munster. Maybe it's related to watching Connacht for years or maybe it's just simply related to what happened last week but when they get that try and there's a sin bin there's a bit of dread coming into my thoughts and a lot of people's thoughts yet the reaction from Connacht I don't think Ulster got into Connacht's half until injury time after that. No, this I will say that it's, uh, it's two things that are really impressing me at the moment with this team. One's our forward pack. I just think um, you know, their ability to, to provide a platform scrum line out more whatever uh, just outstanding so um, you know, in order to win championships and in order to win um, you know, inter-pro matches you need a forward pack that's dominated and ours is currently doing that so couldn't be prouder of those boys but the other thing is just our, our bounce and our level of physicality you know, we're working our backsides off for each other there's, there's moments in that game there you can look at and we'll, we will look at and say oh, we could have worked a bit harder there or we should have done this or we could have done that but on the whole the energy the boys have given us is, is fantastic Did he answer some questions for you tonight? Yeah, did they answer questions? Listen, again, I, I thought um, we stepped up when we needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, I keep saying we are building this program, we are building the team, and, and, and our confidence and our um, our belief in what it is that we're doing is, you know, with every win, just gets a little bit stronger. So, um, I, I probably no, I don't think they did answer any questions. I think it was just more. I thought that's what they were going to give us, and they gave us that. You went to your bench. You talked about it last week. You went to your bench this week. All of them on, and they made an impact. Yeah, yeah, and again to put uh, Mitchie and and, and Witsy out there at the end, um, I thought that was the right call, just to give them a, an opportunity to try and try and get that extra try for us. Um, we threw a lot at Ulster. Ulster threw a lot back at us. Uh, in the end, it was just an arm wrestle there. I think Mitchie made the right decision to get the ball off the pitch. And yeah, uh, you know, fair play to Ulster. They didn't stop either. Yeah, there's perspective. That try after half time, it's it's probably the crucial score, isn't it? It is the crucial score. You know, we go in and, and we're only one score up. 
14-7, we take it to 21-7, pushes out to two scores and you know, they missed that conversion, they're still two scores away from us so we had that little buffer there which was good um, the, the yellow card as you said uh, becomes a bit twitchy uh, but again the, you know, the forwards who I thought were tireless all night just step up again uh, and they delivered a, you know, a, a really impressive 10 minutes from 66 minute to 76 minute where it was, or 56 to 66, whatever it was, and, and it was just gutsy. There were plenty of inaccuracies, plenty of mistakes how, how, after a win like that. Do you just try and push them away? or? Yeah, you do. Listen, it's, uh, you know, if, you, if you spend your life focusing on those things, you, you end up going bald and grey, which I'm doing, so I'd probably spend too much time focusing on those things. But, oh, we tend not to. Listen, probably mm. uh, years ago I would have done, but um, I think... Yeah, we probably sensed a touch before the warm-up. Um, we may not have been as as as, uh, as detailed as we could have been, um, but the pleasing thing is there, we, we addressed that and you know, said we got the job done, three tries, happy to get the win. Monster is an inter-conference game. Does that change the dynamics of it? No, not at all. You know, it's just another opportunity for us to, to, uh, you know, to, to, to build our game and to hopefully um, get another win here in 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 front of what's been a really impressive turnout tonight and I believe next week's a sellout too so you know our support there from, from the Connacht fans is unbelievable and it's great to be able to, to give them that victory and hopefully they walk out here with smiles on their faces Have you a lot of players to rest for next week? Do you have a lot of changing to do? We'll have a few mm-hmm. you know, as, you, as you're seeing we're rotating that squad and we're getting people through um, you know, part of it's based on a little bit of a plan with some of them but some of it's just gut and some of it's uh, you know, keeping blokes interested in keeping blokes engaged which uh, at the minute I believe we're doing that but um, yeah we'll see what comes up on what, how the players turn up on Monday and we'll go from there What's your bottom line from today? Uh, good win, gutsy win you know, against a team that was really desperate to change that from, from uh, you know, up in Belfast earlier on in the year um, so uh, we knew they were coming with everything and, and I thought we handled that um, it's really nice to get that victory Tom Farrell, the Connacht supporters came out in huge numbers, Tom, tonight. Uh, obviously, you've given them the result. This was a good all-around night for the entire team, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose every time we play in the sports ground and we get big games like this, especially the Interpros, the, um, the support really is huge for us. Um, we do owe a lot to them and just we want to, rec- we want to like let them know that as well, that they are a massive part of our, our game, especially when we play at home. and They just give us that extra spark and that extra spurt to in crucial moments of the game and they helped lift us and they did that again tonight. I'm sorry to focus on this but I have to wonder how did you pick yourselves up because you know the pictures from the RDS players on the ground the devastation how did you get through Christmas and turn it around like you've done now? Um, it was I tough. I don't even like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look, I suppose for the day after the 24 hours we were probably a bit down and mm. doom and gloom and like we we can't we couldn't like like feel sorry for ourselves. We obviously had a massive <coughs> game tonight against Ulster, and we knew they were coming here with confidence after a good few wins on the bounce as well. So mm. we didn't really have time to feel sorry for ourselves. Um, we knew we had to get a job done here, and then next week again against Munster. So we don't really have time to dwell on it. Six points or from two games. It really gives you you're on the front foot going to this Munster game now. Yeah, we are on the front foot. Like um, we're in a happy place. We're in a, probably a good place, but like. Tonight wasn't the probably the best performance from our perspective. Um, probably could have seen from yourself. It was it was scrappy enough out there. It was I don't know if you could tell from the television, but it was slippy out there and it was slippy underfoot. And the ball was quite um, it was like a pair of soap nearly. So it was tough to trying to implement the game plan that we wanted. But we again our forward pack was immense again, and 
they dug deep and with the set piece and it really laid the platform for us tonight so fair dues to them There's been plenty of significant periods in games during the season but those 10 minutes off to the Simbin to Alton Delan probably go down as a really really good 10 minute spell for you Yeah it was um, I think I think they only scored 3 points in that period and then we went down the other end and I think we managed to keep them down there for a good period of the game. They so didn't get back into the half. They didn't get back in, yeah. So um, that was probably a um, successful period of time. We talked under the post when they scored their penalty about how we were going to implement a game plan for that 10 minutes and it worked quite well. And moving towards Munster, I mean, you're probably feeling all the knocks and bruises, but each one of you want to get involved in that game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, these are the games you want to play. Like um, Everyone will be itching for it. We have that extra day um, recovery as well, so it's going to be huge for us and it allows us to nurse them kind of knocks and bumps and get ready for a big big game you were here last year kind of got 39 points in the entire season you're on 36 right now and there's a long way to go yeah um jeez I didn't even think of that um yeah. yeah we're like we're we're on the up we're like we're not like we're still like far from where we want to be we're, we're we still have a long way to go if we want to be playing the knockout stage at the end of the season but like we just need to really focus on I know it's a bit of a cliche next week and not really look too far ahead of ourselves, just focus on next week and move on to it, I suppose. We're back. Dave, Finn, you were in there with Andy Friend and Tom Farrell. What did they have to say? Because I haven't heard. Uh, I think what they needed to do was, was the reaction that Andy was looking for from, from the Lens performance. He was happy with Lens performance, if not the results. And what, he's, what he basically said was they parked that. That was it. It was done. They didn't talk about it this week because it was in the past. So they focused on this week, uh, happy with the performance, uh, very happy with, this, with, the, uh, with the set piece. Um, believes, that, believes and has come out, actually did say in there that he believes we have, we have the best front five in the, in, I, didn't say, I didn't hear they say the competition or the conference, but either way, very complimentary about the tie fight. An interesting thing, he, he said that Conor Kerry was only going to play 40 minutes tonight and Dominic Robinson McGuire was going to play the other 40 minutes. That was set down in stone. Finn will be back, uh, Tom McCartney's back. So he's very, very, very positive about the front five, very positive about the performance, full stop. Um, and uh, yeah, 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 looking forward to Munster. Okay, Lindley's joined us. How are you, Lindley? What did you think of that game? I'm very well. Um, I'm delighted to have uh, got the double over Ulster and Dan McFarland, which is a, a great achievement, I think, for Connacht and never happened before in the professional era and only once, um, actually only once for an interprovincial, I think, since the uh, Pro 12 victory. So delighted, a great win. It was indeed. And William... You didn't hear the Connacht stuff because you were talking to the Ulster contingent. Yep, uh, so let's hear from Dan McFarland and Rob Herring. Dan, Ulster had some clear-cut chances in that game, but the 14 points that came early, was, was that really the problem? You were just never quite back in it? Oh, exactly, that's, that's it. Like if, uh, if you come away from home, it doesn't matter where you go, let alone come into uh, uh, the sports ground. Um, like We turned the ball over six times, I think, in the first 15, 20 minutes, and we're 14-0 down. Um, from then on, you know, we scored 12 points, they scored seven, we could have had more. Um, one of their, their, their try at the beginning of the second half, um, I felt was offside, but it was difficult for the TMO to make a decision on that because of the camera angle. Um, you know, we lost out two tries for offsides that were six inch off tries and six inches offside in uh, in, um, in in Ray, in Kingspan. So, you know, it was a little bit disappointing, but you're, you're absolutely right. 14 nil down uh, because you're not playing well as a, as a team and it's going to be difficult then. Were you pleased with the way they reorganised themselves and, and, and got back into it and sort of dominated large p- periods in the first half and quite 
bits of the second half. Exactly, that's that's exactly right. We we were as uh, as as a coaching group. Uh, we we said it to the players afterwards. Um, we said it at half time that we we were really proud with the way that we fought back into it. You know that that was a situation that that we could have easily been knocked over. You know we you know when we were down in Munster we were knocked over and could never get back to our feet. But here we clearly got back to our feet and and as you say we dominated large parts of that game. We found weapons that we could uh, um, cause them trouble. Um, but even as the game went on there was a couple of handling errors in there or a few handling errors which we found edges um, against them and, and, and the ball didn't go to hand um, and if it had done they'd have been under real pressure um, and you know we, we, we still managed to score a couple of tries and, uh, um, um, but ultimately it wasn't enough These interprovincials, the three in a row it's, it's a hard ask for any side and for the players and the management to juggle the sides around and, and get ready to go yeah, we're we're in a slightly different situation to Connacht. Um, you know, Connacht playing the Challenge Cup. Um, you know, they rest all their players in the in the Challenge Cup, so they come into the Interpros with uh, a, ver a very much single-minded approach to that from quite a distance out. Um, and you know that's you know that's obviously helpful. We're off the off the back of a couple of, of big games against uh, against the Scarlets um, and and then against Munster. Um, you know it doesn't get any easier. We have to go to Leinster next week, but that's a challenge we'll relish. Um, a lot of guys will get chances next week um, um, down in Leinster. Um, um, but uh, you know it's a, it's a good time of year. Uh, it's spicy. You know it, it it really allows you to test yourself and you know. We, we we wanted to come here and, and win. You know, we expected to come here and win. Um, and you know, they, they, on the day they were better than us. Rob, can I just uh, find out what the the general mood in the dressing room was after that game? Um, yeah, obviously we were, we were disappointed. Um, we came here with obviously the full intentions to win, and um, I just think you know we, we probably looked back at that game and. That's two games in a row now where we've had slow starts and it, it, it nearly cost us last week and it did this week. So I think we've got to go and look and, and find a way to be more consistent in the way we start games because like, if you watch that back and it definitely felt like it out there in the second half and towards the end of the first half, there was a lot of fight from our boys and a lot of good effort. But you know, I think we just if we capitalise on a couple of those more tries or a pass goes to hand, we're looking at a completely different second half. But I think we've got to, we've got to look back at that and find a way to stop better. Is that just a concentration thing, or is it what, what causes that? Uh, there's multiple factors, um, and you know it, it's, it could be a, a lucky a lucky pass or um, a simple knock-on that we that we just missed. But um, like I say, we'll look back at that, and we've got to find a way to be better. And the players, how do they they find the intensity of these three games in 14 days? And uh, you know, it's uh, it's very it's harsh. These interprovincials, they're all tough games. Yeah, I think obviously you're playing against guys who are fighting for the same positions in, in the island squad, and you know you got the pride of of your your province um, going into the game. So these are massively physical games. They're, they're tough competitions, and um, I think that's that's why you touched on with Dan. The, the, there's rotation throughout this this period as well um, because it is such a, a physically demanding block of games. got a couple of nice prizes we've managed to, to work out and we're going to have a little quiz but I'll, I'll let you tell us all the details yeah don't forget to tune in after the Munster match for the post Munster podcast because we're going to have a quiz 
It's going to be open to all our listeners and we've got some really nice prizes and I might tell you about them in the midweek podcast. (laughs) William's the only one who knows what's going on. (laughs) Dan McFarlane can't be too happy having lost that one. No, he's very frustrated I think about the first 20 minutes he said they made so many errors they were 14 points down they started slowly which is exactly what they did against Munster and he's a bit disappointed I think with Jack Carty's try I think he feels that you know the TMO he did say it was difficult for the TMO the camera angles weren't clear but he felt it was possibly offside and Caelan Blades try that would be right yes. he actually called no the Jack Carty was offside yeah yeah but which we thought he was... He looked offside from our bad angle. Yeah, it, it's one of these ones. And he also pointed out that they had two tries disallowed in the match in Ravenhill for being six inches offside both times. But that's rugby. He, but I think they were more concerned about their own performance. Uh, Rob Herring said the same thing. Um, you know, he's just... They just weren't at it quick enough. And when you go 14 points down in these type of games, that's a hell of a lot to turn around. It certainly was. And, and I know some of the crowd got... Uh, annoyed at the end when James Mitchell kicked the ball off the field when you know they Connacht had nothing to lose to, to keep playing so as as he finished his warm up I was still standing in the clan and then I gave him a nod and he nodded back and I said uh, why'd you kick it off he said the forwards told me to <laughs> and there are times when the scrum half will do what forwards tell them it has to be said put in a huge shift hadn't they so I think they probably deserved the break and uh, you know at the end of the day uh, by, do, by doing that and okay Connett may not have scored a fourth try but if, if Ulster had scored a try they would have got a bonus point so you know yeah but because it was an inter-conference game bonus points don't matter as much in this scenario it would have mattered to the teams in the other conferences I'm sure um, but that's just that's just the way that goes overall Dave six points in two games with still one to go and we're now one point ahead of Munster yes and if games are actually finished right on 80 minutes we'd have uh We'd have uh, nine points from ten rather than six, but uh, that's unfortunate. That's the way the rugby is. I think you have to take it. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, if you, normally, like previous, previous two, two previous seasons, we've these are this is exactly how the two results have gone. We've lost in the RDS and we've won against Ulster here. That's just that's standard procedure. But the difference is, we won tonight with a performance that, if we're being absolutely honest, wasn't as good as the performance in the RDF. The standard of rugby wasn't as good in the RDS. Different conditions, I accept, but. Even I would, I wouldn't say a lot of the guys. They're, they're individually, they'll be happy with the win. They'll be delighted. They can't bounce back after Leinster. The, everybody goes away happy. But there's a lot more in that team. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, overall, it wasn't as good a performance. There were things tonight that you, that would be a little bit worrying in ter- in terms of the drop off in the areas. But ultimately, we got four points. Everybody's in good mood. We got monster coming up. In I was almost. I was about to say top of the table, but. Second position is up for grabs. If Munster don't win tomorrow, suddenly the pressure's on them to come up here and get a result. We're in the box seat. We're in second place. Maybe the Dragons could do something and take, take points off the Ospreys. And suddenly, we're sitting in second place. Yeah, we're a long way off Glasgow, but second place going into the new year. I'd take that any day. I think, as, I think you know, yes, it was a pretty era-stirring performance from both sides, really. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't worry too much about that when you get a win. And sometimes it's actually those performances that actually make a team much more mature. The fact that they can win a game while not necessarily having to play at their best. So I think even Andy Friend said he wasn't focusing on you know, the negatives and so so to speak, you know, he wasn't too worried about them. You know, there are times when he would be, but certainly not certainly not tonight. No, no, certainly not. 
William, from a, an Ulster perspective, because I know we get some Ulster listeners when, when, when we play against them, who, who played well for them from your perspective? I thought Darren Cave had a good game and I thought uh, Kotsia was very, very impressive. He ran out of gas a little bit and when he came on, McCluskey made, made quite a difference. He straightened the line, he brought a lot of physicality to it. You can't help but feel that if somebody like Stockdale had been available for the last 20 minutes, he could have run riot out there because there was a lot of opportunities and they just weren't clinical enough. And I think that's why they were disappointed. But they have to mix and match their sides the same as anybody else. Uh, Dan McFarland making the point very strongly that Connacht rest all their top players in the Challenge Cup because they have to play in the Champions Cup. Uh, you know, so what? That's 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 fine, but uh, that's just the way it is. It is, it is. And for me, well, Alison played well right up to the point where <laughs> Bundy took the ball off him as if he was taking a taking um, candy from a baby. Dave, yeah, I think their, their entire backline. But I was impressed with some of the guys the back row. I think Timoney loves a tackle. My God, that boy loves a tackle. But I think what what Ulster would be what what, what disrupted Ulster was they made. a they didn't make a straight for. They made one straight for straight backline substitution. That was take off McPhillips and bring on Nelson. And within five minutes, Spade has gone off. Now, normally when you've only got a scrum half on the wing, you put the scrum half on the wing. But what they did was they brought him in at scrum half, put Cooney at ten, moved Nelson out to the wing, having previously taken off Kernhan to bring on to bring on McCluskey and put Will at, Ludic from fullback and put Mc, Addison at fullback. Now, I'm sure Dan know that there's a logic behind that for now. I thought that was to do it once was bit disrupted have to do it twice that seemed very disruptive and I think it took them a bit of a while to come on yeah but then when they started to come into the game they were fine but I wouldn't have taken off Kernan I thought he was having a smashing game for a kid he made one knock on that before that but the first try is entirely down to him it certainly is the other one that that comes out we saw Marty Moore came back to Ulster to you know try and get his place back in the Irish side and once again Dennis Buckley did a really good job that's two weeks in a row Dennis Buckley's done some really nice work on the field and I assume we're going to see him hopefully again next week against Munster but he doesn't seem to get a break No it's uh, it's a hard one to call that he did an absolute number on on Moore this evening Uh, Connick there were some good individual performances Uh, Gavin Thornbury again stood out I thought had a good game Quinn Rue got around uh, the park and did did some of the real hard hard yards at time because that's what that's what they do they you know if you look at the difference in the games I think Leinster don't try to stop you playing they just want to play themselves but Ulster actually want to stop you playing and then and that's where I think it really went wrong for them because when you're using that tactic you can't go 14 nil down because the, you then start to chase the game and I don't think that's the way they're they're, they're set up to play uh, Jared Butler was effective and young Stephen Fitzgerald when he came on. Or as the clan, as the clan christened Stephen, new guy Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, well, the new guy did very well, and he's um, he's learned how exciting this. Was. The atmosphere tonight was a little flat, I thought at times. Uh, it it wasn't that sort of a game. It was a bit stop start, but uh, he certainly got a good uh, good round of applause. And um, hopefully next Saturday night the place will be rocking and full again. This this place was sold out tonight. It was. There was. There was times it, it sort of bounced up and down a little bit. A bit like the game when Connacht were going well, the crowd got behind them. When they had to defend really strictly, they got behind them. And Danny Deegan's joined the stats man from um, watching the game on the far side of the field. What What did you get over there? Well, with the game going up and down, um, in the first twenty minutes, Connacht made twelve tackles uh, out of twelve, where Ulster missed eleven out of. It was thirty-seven out of forty-eight. 
and they conceded four penalties. So, you know, that really shows how kind of got the, the two tries and uh, really grew into the game. But in just just in that second 20, though, uh, Ulster really pulled it back. They only missed one tackle uh, and they were up to 73 tackles made and they made one clean break. So, you know, they, they really did grow in the game. They say brushed brushed off the cobwebs from that bus journey so you know that's probably how it kind of went with the crowd as well kind of up and down they were very excited they saw Connacht score two two good tries and they expected to possibly score more but Ulster kind of pulled back a bit so stats can tell the story of a match <laughs> well, I, well, well that was you know Dan McFarland sort of alluded to that I mean he was quietly seething I think he's you know the coaches look at these things but those those stats really do do tell the tale of it the other issue is did Connacht maybe step back a little bit? I think they did. I thought they got tired at the end of the first half. I thought they were really had to dig in. And then they, the second half as well. I mean, it's, it's intense stuff. There's guys that have played two two weeks in a row. I mean, Caelan Blades played two huge games. Jack Carty. It's tough going. Especially with only a six-day turnaround. Oh, Lindley, yeah. what were you saying there? I was just saying I thought it was an interesting interesting statistic because everyone talks about homegrown players and Connor not being able to produce home, enough homegrown players but if you look at the Ulster team tonight only two of their starting 15 were actually from uh, Bourne in Ulster and that was uh, Darren Cave and the youngster Angus Kernahan and if you just run through their, their, their starting 15 you've got South Africa, Fiji, England uh, Newcastle upon Time, Dublin, Dublin, Cape Town, Dublin, Cork, London, Dublin, uh, Barcelona and Blackrock College, and another one from South Africa. I think that's a startling statistic for the future of Ulster rugby, particularly that these players are obviously not coming through their system. And the money did we have, Dave? That were Connacht born? We had five, um, and we had Dave Heff on the bench as well. I've, I've an issue. This is genuinely, this is genuinely something I don't know. So I really would like an answer. To this is Herring and Addison. When they qualify for Ireland, do they qualify on Irish passports, or are they people with UK passports who happen to be playing in Ireland? Because if they're qualifying on Ireland, Ad- Addison's mother is Irish. So, but is he? But so, right. So, Herring then is Herring on the UK passport who happens to be playing in Ireland, or is he on an Irish passport? At which point, where does he stand at the end of March? Where does he stand at the end? Is he an Irish citizen or is he an English citizen? And that brings up huge issues because then suddenly you're facing into, given the amount of Dublin-born players in that team, what they're only allowed two players. And it's been a big issue. And it's come up, it come up with the Scots and the, Eng- and the Welsh as well. And also are going to face a problem. They're facing into a problem that, as of now, nine of those players would need work permits. And it's just bizarre how it's working out because of the amount of guys from Dublin who are going up north. Brexit made it into the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we've been trying to keep it out, but it it it, it, it is an issue. There's no, and rugby is aware of it. Um, basically, I think if, you know if if you're born in Northern Ireland, you are entitled to a Republic of Ireland passport, uh, but not vice versa. So, rugby is is going to have a big problem with this. There was a good article yesterday uh, in the Guardian. I think. Uh, director of the Pro 14, games director, Charles Jordan, Jordan, he, he mentioned that it's, um, there's something they're looking at, because it's coming around very, very quickly, and rugby has players from all over the world who land and play on all sorts of visas and exemptions and, and all the rest of it. Uh, it could cause problems, big problems in the Premiership uh, for, for those sides, so... 
it's something that I think they feel this season isn't a problem because everything's in place. But it's then when you have to start and get it in place for the 24th of August when the Premiership will start. And I think the Pro 14 might start that weekend as well. It's the big issue is that they have to clarify it for teams like Ulster and the, and the Welsh teams because the South Africans are only allowed two non-national players to go to South Africa. And as I say, there's six lads from Dublin in that Ulster team tonight. It's time for any other business as we come near the end of the podcast. William? Yeah, it's just the fact that there's three of these games played at this time of the year. I, I'm, I'm unsure that that is the way to approach this, but I think it's... It's probably inevitable that it'll be a real challenge next season to see how they're going to play. I mean, this season we played uh, one at the end of September, one in October. Now, I can't imagine they're going to be played next season when the World Cup is on. So where are you going to get these six games in? And it's really the Irish games. I know the Welsh games, they have their derbies in Scotland, but these six games are huge for all the provinces here. But having three of them at this time of the year really does stretch squads. And you wonder... It'll be interesting to see what sides are fielded next week. There'll be injuries, there'll be players not available because of Ireland. That'll probably affect Munster maybe more than us. Um, But then, if there's 8,000 people in the ground next Saturday night, it doesn't really matter. But it's just something that I, I I just wonder about it a little bit. Yeah, so do I. Dave, you're any other business. First of all, half and half scarves should not be in rugby. Um... Absolutely, they should not exist. But they, I've had a bad discussion with my partner because she has a half and half Ireland Wales Wales scarves and doesn't understand why I got upset by that. Uh, Robert Balakum's tackle is not one week less deserving of a ban than the one Massey Ray did because Massey Ray was just was was dumb. Robert Balakum actually tried to make a tackle in midair. And just for aesthetics, I know it shouldn't make any difference to the game tomorrow, and but I'm keeping an eye on it because you know, kind of, it's important for where we're going to be going into New Year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it looks right. Well, irrespective of how the game goes, I don't think it looks right that Frank Murphy is refereeing tomorrow as an ex-Monster player. I didn't think it was right when he refereed us, especially as we were the team he retired from. I don't know which branch he's with, but if he's, if he's with the Monster branch, he should be refereeing this game, and if he's the comic branch, he should be refereeing us. Now, Frank is a good referee, and I've seen him, I've seen him in neutral games, and he's done well. But I just think aesthetics-wise... It doesn't look right, and I think we should be. There are good rests. There's Andy braces. Andy braces there. Um, so why not give and him or one of the Leinster, Leinster one of or, you know why not give Andy Brace the game? It's as simple as that. I just think Frank could be on a bit of a hiding to nothing tomorrow. But then again, it's Monster versus Leinster, so the referees to blame for everything. <laughs> Which brings on my any other business. But William, you want to say something first? Yeah, they did send uh, JP Doyle over a few years ago to do Leinster and Munster or Munster and Leinster, and. I've never seen a referee look as absolutely petrified when he ran off at halftime because it had got really, really tasty. Now, he got control of it in the second half, but he, he looked like a man who was thinking, what am I doing here? How did I sign up for this? Um, look, referees are all neutral, but at times they, just, they, they can be put under pressure in that sort of situation. Yes, and it brings out one, one of my other businesses, people complaining about referees. The game wouldn't exist without them. People have to understand that they're only human. They have 15 guys on both sides trying to fool this one poor lad. If he doesn't get enough help from his linesman, that makes it even harder for him. So I'm standing up for the referee and I'm not letting Dave into this. <laughs> Lily, did you want something to say? No, I just think if anyone can do it, Frank Murphy can. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. He's no Tommy Vaughan. He's no Tommy Vaughan. That's all I'm saying. 
Right, I, 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 I think we have to leave it there. Thanks, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.